Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we may talk about elements of the plot. Enjoy. Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry no more mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't think of any alternative words So I thought, why not? Let's just have a little bit of a sing-song Of some 70s prog rock I do love that song Unapologetically, I know it's become kind of a joke, but it's, it's a meme, a legit banger. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll not hear a bad word about Carry on My Wayward Son. I wholeheartedly agree, and it's good that it's in Anchorman. We'll talk about Anchorman another time, but um, when we think of it, was Will Ferrell and his sort of seventies prog rock look in the Eurovision movie. So I ended up listening to a lot of Kansas today. Oh, it's very good. nice. They got Carry On My Wayward Son, and then that appears a second time in their top five on Spotify because it's on a 70s hits compilation. <laughs> the algorithm works. Yeah. Hey, do you like this song? How about the exact same song? Yeah, it's just like when you're on Amazon, it's like, I noticed you just bought a new washing machine. How about another new washing machine? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the threat of AI taking over our world is a little bit far-fetched at the moment. Yeah, that's what they call you know the Bezos the Bezos special the Bezos event defense <laughs> Bezos defense yeah um, Robert so Latham's fourth novel. You are a fan of Eurovision. Yes, I am. Are you a fan of Eurovision? The contest a, that is. I am a big fan of Eurovision. I actually um, didn't watch it this year though because I didn't. We assumed it wasn't happening, and then it turned out there was like a, a virtual Eurovision, and there were lots of goofy entries that I missed. Did you watch it? No, it didn't feel right to watch to watch it the sort of um online version. I feel like mm, it's missing something, isn't it, unless it's being performed live. Yep. In a big stadium paid for by the nation of the the nation who won the previous year. Exactly, exactly. Um and so yeah, so I don't know. I didn't. I didn't check it out. It feels like it's a bit of a shame not to see it in all its glory. There's a there's a spontaneity to the live Eurovision Song Contest, which I think can't be understated. And maybe I don't know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have felt as special, really. No, de- um, definitely not. But we did get to have a Eurovision Song Contest via the story of Fire Saga. Yeah, I suppose we did a fake one in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which the most unrealistic thing about this movie that shows that elves exist. Yeah. Oh no, that, I thought I thought you were going to say yeah that that the UK would ever win the Eurovision Song is, is yeah, you know, this is a movie where where elves exist, but the most unrealistic thing is the UK would ever win the Eurovision Song Contest again. But also um, there's a um there isn't an entry for Scotland, is there? There's just no, one for the UK. So wrong, wouldn't it be in London? Well, they could hold it wherever. Doesn't yeah, have to be true. in the capital. True. But the assumption that it would it would be in it would be anywhere but London. I'm just like, yeah, not because I personally feel that the country should be London centric. It shouldn't, and it's a big problem with this country. But this country is massively London centric, and it would be in London. I don't know. I don't know if it would or not. It's not always held in um, in the capital of the nation. That's true. So That's I true. think it. I think it could be. Or would they give it to the um, the city of culture, so it'd be in like Hull or somewhere? Really, what I'm saying is this film should have been set in Hull. <laughs> I don't think anything should be set in Hull. Yeah, apart from Philip Larkin's body <laughs> to rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so just for context, the last time Britain won the Eurovision Song Contest was in 1998, and that year it was held in Birmingham. Hmm. All right, then. Who was it? Katrina and the Waves? Katrina and the Waves won it, yes. Yeah, not with, with Walking on Sunshine. 
No, because that was a much earlier song. Yeah. Um, and then we entered, I believe that year was the greatness that was Gina G's Who Are Just a Little Bit. That's a banger. Who Are A Little Bit More. Who Are Just a Little Bit. I can't remember the rest of the... You know the what words. I'm looking for. You know what I'm looking for. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we entered that the year after, you saying? Yeah, so the year after we right. won, that was our entry. See, that's actually a good song, like a good pop song that was in the charts. See, most of the time that we've been watching Eurovision in recent years, there's been someone you've never heard of singing a song you've never heard that you know will not trouble the charts. No <laughs> offence to Andy, the singing bin man from X Factor, of course. <laughs> of course not. Of course yeah. not. Or Daz Sampson. <laughs> See, I remember all of them. They're imprinted on my brain. Scooch. <laughs> was that a Eurovision entry? Remember Scooch? That, that yeah, they did one, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I've just I've just googled them, and it comes up with dictionary: informal North American crouch or squat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if if are just a little bit was was that year. It was certainly one year in Eurovision, right? But um, oh, it might have been the year before. It might have been nineteen ninety six rather than nineteen ninety eight. Was there not one in ninety seven? The 97 was no, the year that, because, that um, Katrina and the Waves Oh, right, out. I see. Not because 1997 doesn't exist. 1997 does not exist. As we've discussed before. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing released in 1997. No, no, nothing happened in 1997. It, uh, <laughs> certainly not the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. Did you um, um, used to watch Eurovision as a child? I did, yes, and I've continued watching it as an adult as well. Um, it is amazing. I really love it. Um, and I think that Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga, does a pretty good job of capturing the feel of the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think there are, there are a lot of problems with this film that I think we can get into. But ultimately, it does capture the spirit of Eurovision and it comes from a place of love for the Eurovision Song Contest. And that is a good thing, right? Yes, I, I I think all of the music, the fake music that they made up for this is bang on. Yeah. Um, you know, the Russian entry as so perfectly performed by Dan Stevens. He is the absolute um, standout of this film, isn't he? <laughs> he's so good. We can agree on that, can't we? Yeah, he's so good. And and his song is exactly the kind of beautiful trash that you'd see at Eurovision and think. Yeah. What's it called? The, li- the Lion of Judah? The, the Lion of Love. <laughs> the Lion of Love. Yeah. Greatest song. And he's like, um, I, I'm your lion lover. And the thing is, he's so perfect at it, but he looks like he's not even trying. Yeah, it's effortless, isn't it? Yeah. Which is what you want. This is a far better performance from him than in Beauty and the Beast. If, yeah. If Dan Stevens in this movie was playing the Beast in um, in Beauty and the Beast, it would be a much better film. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hi, I'm your lion lover. How's it going? <laughs> Come and touch my rose under glass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the lack of Luke Evans in this film really was a problem for me. He should <laughs> I mean, have been the, Evans, the French entry. <laughs> Luke, Luke Evans as the French entry would have been great. Uh, Luke Evans, I think, again, would have been someone who would have thrived in this movie. Um, yeah. But but I think as a tribute to Eurovision, and, and, and lots of the negative reviews have said, Oh, it's trying to make fun of Eurovision, and that's so easy. It's not trying <laughs> to make it's not trying to make fun of Eurovision. I think it's a genuine, wholehearted um, love letter to Eurovision. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't think it's making fun of Eurovision at all. I think what those reviews have confused is making fun of the thing that the film is about with the film's crap punching down humor being extracted from that thing, which is not the same thing. You know, I, I enjoyed all the kind of goofy Eurovision stuff, but overall it just felt a bit thin. Yeah, I, I think the issue is that this movie is over two hours long when really it should be an hour and a half. Yeah. That was the main problem with me. So I think I think the humour that was there was fine, but there are these large stretches, much like in Iceland where there's little there. Um, and so I don't know if they were trying to create a metaphor for the country in which it's predominantly set, um, but it didn't work really like no. I, I i really enjoyed this movie and it made me laugh out loud a lot more than i was expecting it to um but there were those stretches where there wasn't really much going on um and what 
what humor they were trying to introduce there didn't really land so there's that scene where they're having that argument on stage and will ferrell's like i'm gonna be a sex machine yeah you, that, i'm gonna sleep with you that's that kind on, of thing when it tried to do like sex or bum humor that was just yeah it didn't quite land for me yeah and those are two things that i know you're a fan of in other exactly yes yeah. usually um, i'm all for it but but yeah it it didn't really fit with this film i think this film is at its best when it's silly and light-hearted and i think they they were desperately trying to get that tension in there between them when in reality i don't think it needed to be there at all no um i think there was enough i think this movie would have been much better if it had been about these two people striving to succeed without that personal tension between them and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not about them falling in love along the way but the whole we're going to have a bust up um thing and he's going to go back and become a fisherman that was all just added to the added to what was already a long movie and you're just like come on hurry it up but you had to do all of that so he could come on stage in his fishing gear (laughs) <laughs> to play the song that, that they somehow fully know how to play together with <laughs> extended backing track and lots of backing stuff even though they never played it together before and he's only ever heard it from the other side of a locked door that's how in sync they are right let's not bring justin timberlake into this <laughs> justin timberlake wishes he was good enough for eurovision <laughs> yeah can he i could, can i just say he'd America- be like, i'm bringing sexy back they'd be like what get out uh- America should never be in Eurovision. Australia. That's not, not going to happen, is it? That's not on the table. Well, Canada. I Canada. I think they should let Canada in. Canada should not be allowed in because they are so close to America. They let Australia in. They can let Canada in. Come on. No, Canada's not allowed. No. Why? why come on. Surely there'd be some goofy Canadian song about moose and mounties and whatever, and it would win everyone's hearts. That'd be better than any of the Australian guff that's been in we- it. We already have enough of that from the Scandinavian countries. Canada adds nothing to the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> um, sorry, Canada, get to fuck. You're not coming to our Eurovision Song Contest. But America definitely shouldn't, because you know what no. America would be like. They would send someone like Justin Timberlake, because he performed a few years ago as like a special guest. And oh, really? I know a lot of people who are in the Eurovision community. Even like, that, I have a bit of a problem with. Yeah, I have a problem with that as well. But You're a, not supposed to know people, who any of the artists are. A lot of people in the Eurovision community were like, uh-uh, they better not be thinking about letting America in. Because you know America would be like, oh yeah, we're going to send send old, I don't know. We're going to send in the clowns. <laughs> send Jay-Z to go and perform at Eurovision. <laughs> we've got to, we've got yeah. to win this. Kanye um, would take a personal interest as the new president, obviously. And although it would be incredibly funny to see the whole of Europe revolt and say, yeah, we're not voting for you pigs and giving nil point nil to Jay-Z yeah. at, at Eurovision. Um, He's I got still 99 don't. problems and nil point is all of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I don't want them anywhere near it. And Canada can get to fuck as well. Because they'll send Justin Bieber or some shit or Nickelback. Uh, no, 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 they won't. Yeah. They won't. They'll, they'll find some up and coming Canadian starlet like Carly Rae Jepsen to win over everyone's hearts that they can go fuck themselves <laughs> with this shit australia's fine because it's so absurd and australia doesn't have that big um pop sort of history to it you know australia is most known for for rock bands yeah um where they, they should send silver chair next time and <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know if, if canada really wants to get involved just send someone like they did with celine dion under france that's did their they actually do that I'm, i swear they did no, that's that. That's a dick move. They can't send someone from Quebec to be the French entry. That's not allowed. Oh, she. Sorry, it was Switzerland. What? She performed under. Is she of Swiss heritage? Uh, apparently so. She... Or are you just allowed to have anyone as any country's entry? Well, it doesn't I actually think... matter. Like they're not going to check your documentation, are they? I th- I think you can, but I think it's frowned upon. Right. Um... By the Eurovision people. Ne partez pas sans moi, she performed. So she did it in French. Yeah, but even so, get out, get out, all of you. I think they should have Canada as one and then Quebec as another one. I think, I think <laughs> if Which you're in please North, a lot of people in Quebec. I think if you're in North America, you shouldn't be even be allowed to watch or listen to Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, it create, be your, create your North American song contest. Oh, look, oh, you've got two countries taking part. How exciting. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> to maybe you know they they have got 50 states yeah you could do the united states song contest and each state can perform an insipid pop song 
<laughs> yeah. But they have to do it like a song about their state. That's how it yeah. works. I'm in Delaware. Check out Delaware. It's really like Delaware. <laughs> Rhode Island, Rhode Island. Come to Rhode Island. <laughs> Slipknot can perform for <laughs> Iowa, can't they? Yeah, exactly. And they could do a song about the film Field of Dreams, which is the only film set in Iowa. I think that there should be a new metal song contest. We should organise it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be great. I I would genuinely love that. Um, <laughs> it would be good. I did so, enjoy so, that there was a nod to um, Lordy in this film. The, the yes, were they Swedish? Yeah. Finland? It's Finland that they won it for. I remember watching that, that year yeah, with my gran. Yeah. <laughs> we were watching Eurovision and I was like, of course the guys who are a rip-off of Guar are going to win it. <laughs> and why not? Oh, exactly. Hard Rock Hallelujah. What's that is, that's a banger. It is a song and a yeah. half. So um, they made a little a little nod to that in this film. Yeah, which is great. Um, yes. and, and that so was I one think... of the best bits, actually, where they were going through all the, like, a bit of rehearsal or other songs from the other countries. That was more or less spot on. There was one, like, there's always a random rap number where the aesthetic is very, like, new kids on the block. And that was Johnny John John with chilling with the homies or whatever that was good yeah. enjoyed that yeah. johnny johnny john john was great the one thing that they didn't get right was that there weren't enough incredibly boring ballads no um, because the, they had that portuguese of... pan man ballad guy who won it a couple of years ago he was in there playing the piano and singing in french which was nice yes and there was um there, there was lots of good cameos of eurovision people yeah um obviously dana international's there um and um and the, they had a big dance scene where they could include them all just to include them and i'm totally okay with that yes yeah um which was which was great um and um the, the, yeah, the woman I who noticed... did them i'm not your toy you stupid boy the, yeah <laughs> fucking terrible yeah <laughs> I... <laughs> and that um, won the contest which just tells you everything you need to know is you know if you're speaking of punching down humor the incredible racism in their performance of that with the uh, cats the like, <laughs> yes. chinese nodding cats yeah yeah that now that is punching down humor um there was also uh the fiddling norwegian guy he was in there as well playing his yep. violin um which was a nice little thing again that went on for too long yeah um it's but, a medley of course it went on for too long but it's nice that they gave that big nod to Eurovision fans and, and big old Eurovision fans would really have, have enjoyed it, I'm sure. But all I could think um, of when they were singing Waterloo was, this is done too slowly and it's not Will the Intern playing playing a baguette like a saxophone, so I don't want to know. <laughs> Abba, Abba's music can never appear in any film now, now that Mamma Mia and Mamma 2 exist. It's I not mean, allowed. I mean, the fact that they had Pierce Brosnan in this movie and he didn't perform any Abba... Mm-hmm. He was even in the room while Abba were on the television. Yeah, uh, I Insane. think that is that is saying it all. But I did really love Piers Brosnan in this. He really, you know, was a perfect example of grumpy dad is ashamed of his son, which is one of the the best and worst tropes in movies. And I enjoyed how ridiculous it was here. I didn't um, feel like we got enough of him, to be honest. I think there could have actually been more of him because in every scene he was just sort of there grumping. Except for one time when they were on the boat and someone said, hey, you know, you made it through to the final or whatever. And he goes, his accent, it made me laugh out loud. He goes, why the hell didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, his accent is... And you couldn't even see his lips move beneath his moustache. <laughs> it's it's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is really good. Um, I, I really love him in this. But yeah, again, the the, the problem here is that it's too long and there's too much um like fabric fabricated friction in a movie that's got plenty of it at the moment you know to to begin with it's got murder plots it's got deadly elves in the one scene that that scene was my favorite that that i had to pause to stop myself from laughing um where the finance minister tried to kill him yeah, and then a tiny little dagger is in his back. Uh, and you realise that elves are real and they're murderous. It's yep. beautiful, that scene. It's and so that good. is actually true. That is actually a thing that lots of people do believe in in Iceland. So yes, that's, yeah. that's actually, I feel like, even though I think a lot of the humour was stupid, they were they did seem to have done their research on Iceland. 
Yeah, and and Iceland in general apparently is really happy with its portrayal in the movie. Um, so Irish critics were happy um, with it. Irish. Thought it, thought it, oh, did I say Irish? <laughs> I'm very um, glad the Irish critics were happy about it because it didn't well, show an Irish Eurovision entry, which I thought was a shame, actually, because there have been lots of good ones over the years. They have. They should again, have done a tribute to Jedward. Ireland has fallen into doing too many boring ballads, like more than any other country. Ireland is yeah. boring ballad country now. Which, I'd have been again, happy with Jedward a third time, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have been nice to have Jedward in this movie, but I mean, I imagine... They could add a them, cameo. But getting them to do anything in a film set, I imagine, is a nightmare. So yeah. I can understand why. Like, you just stand here. No, what are you doing? Why are you literally chewing <laughs> the scenery? Uh, get down, Jedward. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I think, yeah, the, the the Icelandic press were happy with the portrayal of Iceland in this movie, which I think is what matters. So even if even if people are uncomfortable with the humour, clearly Iceland was not um, and, and feels as though it was a pretty nice portrayal of the, of the country, which is cool. Yeah. So I, th- I think that was fine. I think, as you say, part of it is because of the the romantic plot, which just feels like it's actually getting in the way of the fun of the Eurovision stuff. And then they're trying to drag all the humor out of that instead of letting it happen through the songs and the other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's definitely right. Cause I didn't, I really liked their characters, particularly Rachel McAdams's character is very, very good in this. I think she's more sympathetic than Will Ferrell's. Um, I think in part, it's probably the age gap because I swear that there's a much bigger age gap between Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell than yep. there is between Will Ferrell and his dad in this yes. movie. <laughs> um, which, uh, which, yeah, which is a little bit distracting. Um, so I, I feel as though almost it would have been better if they had been brother and sister and they just completely not had a romantic part of this plot yeah. at all. You could um, have had some family drama then, couldn't you? Well, you didn't even need the family drama because there's enough there already, but you could have, it, it wouldn't have dropped the drama of her being, um, tempted to join up with Dan Stevens's Russian, um, to go and actually be a successful musician. Um, you know, and, and rather than it being, oh, I love Will Ferrell because he's mean and impulsive (laughs) and keeps screwing (laughs) everything up with these last minute changes, it could have been, oh, he's my brother. I don't know if I can leave my brother when this has been his dream for so long. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think they would have got just as enough, just as much friction out of that without there having to be that, um, that romantic element, which didn't really add too much to the movie. I think, I don't think it was needed. No, I don't at all. And because you still, if you take that out, it's still the same film. And that I think tells you everything you need to know. It's the same film with the same jokes and the same sense of fun. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so so all of the weakest parts of it, I think, stem from there. Um, Could have had some more murder plots, maybe. Had like the Dan Stevens Russian character up to proper no good, because you felt like it was trying to make out like he was up to no good. But he wasn't really, was he? He was a and, goodie. And, and that's the thing, is he didn't need to be a... They made him out to be this real sort of villain, but actually he was a very sympathetic character. Yeah. Um, and he and, knew that and he played that perfectly yes yeah and and so i i suppose that is a good thing about this movie is that it the only real villain is is the murderous minister yeah um <laughs> which is fine he's in it for all of two scenes yeah yeah who plays one of the adults in um sex education i don't know if you've watched sex education no i haven't i've heard nothing but good things it is very good and he is very good in it um what i wish there was more of in this movie is there is um nowhere near enough natasha dimitri who plays yeah. nina in this she is so funny um one of the if not the best thing about the what we do in the shadows tv series um i've still not and, seen that but i'm aware of her and her brother was the designer guy who yes. is also um who's in i in the first series of fleabag oh yep yeah but um, i've still only seen the first series and you know, i'll probably never get around to it now it's very good, and it will take you about an hour to watch. So I probably would recommend watching it. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but, but you could watch th- probably three episodes of the Mighty Ducks cartoon series in that time. <laughs> you could, you could definitely more worthwhile. Um, yeah, so so yeah, I think that there's there's some very very good performances in, in this, but it does spend a lot of time just kind of pottering around, um, doing that kind of um 
Oh, it's hard. Oh, I don't want to fail. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm sad um, now and I'm, I'm looking sad. at a fountain. I'm sad now. And and at least it is broken up by funny bits. I love the recurring joke of him being mean to the American tourists. Mm. Um, that Because at, fir- at first, you're just like, what, why why did, why is this scene here? And then when he <laughs> he needs them, because they're in the mini, and he goes, that was, this is the bit that was the peak of it for me. He's in the window. Hey, Americans! I love Americans. Take my horse to the old town road. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that was that, great. I laughed out loud at that. That was really good. And then uh, the bit at the end where he's like, "Oh, well, I have some opiates for you. You can take." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, "Oh, why don't you go back home to your monster trucks and chili corn dogs?" It's just yeah, really good. Um, so I, I love that recurring joke. But yeah, the, the the bit that came just before that where he's standing in the fountain um again it's just that kind of thing this movie didn't need that level of drama it could have just been it could have been um anchorman-esque where yeah it it plays up that drama briefly with a knowing nod that lasts about five seconds before getting back into the comedy um so so it's more of a kind of buddy group piece you could have yeah. done that couldn't you where there's actually sort of there's a ron burgundy figure but there's four or five other icelandic people who all get together to form this band or or even just as a duo it would have worked absolutely fine um but because they had to add in that friction um if it, it feels very similar in terms of where it fails to the 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 female ghostbusters reboot in that it's overly long and quite meandering and when it works it works very very well but um when it doesn't work you get bored and you never want to be bored in a comedy um but overall, I'd say this is a much better movie than that. Um, I really enjoyed it still. It made me laugh a lot, but it does have its flaws. I think the critics were a little bit mean on it in comparison. I, d- I don't know if you looked at the the, the, the critic score versus no, the didn't. fan score. So, so critics gave it an average of 5 out of 10. Um, and audiences had it at about 7 or 8 on Metacritic. It's up to about 6, 7 on IMDb. Um and I think audiences are closer to the mark than critics on this one. I think some people were deliberately looking to be mean to a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. Um, because obviously it's too lowbrow. Oh, and it's about Eurovision. Oh, oh. People genuinely do think that about Will Ferrell. People are always yeah. really down on him. And I think if you... May, maybe Anchorman was actually the kind of the point where it's like, if you didn't have an enjoyable experience with that at the time, you probably just think, oh, it's that stupid bollocks and it's that guy. When actually he's been in loads of really interesting stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think he's been in a lot of interesting movies. And a lot of the things that he's in, which were Anchorman-esque, are actually quite funny. Um, like Talladega Nights is still very, very funny. I've um, not seen that. Less so the one about ice skating. Or the um, Blades of Glory. Yeah. Um, but he's got his... He he's got his good moments, and I think um, there are some there are some very very good things he's been in over the years. I really want to watch the Sherlock Holmes movie because apparently it's a travesty. And as someone who doesn't particularly enjoy Sherlock Holmes, I'd like to see something that is a shit version of. Oh, him. Holmes and Watson! <laughs> yeah. I'm very up for that because um, I don't I don't give a damn about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I don't but... give a shit about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and I I would like to watch it just to annoy all the people who like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> because yeah, sure. they're always tedious sure. people aren't they yeah sherlock holmes is really boring um that's the controversial takeaway from this week's episode um it's well boring any mystery written before 1940 is really dull to read like they only got interesting <laughs> to read from a modern perspective when, when they were entered the kind of yeah exactly well when you enter kind of like the noir era um, because that's when they kind of changed up the structure of it. So before that, a lot of it was kind of, oh, we've solved it. Now I'm going to tell you how I solved it. And then a lot of it, <laughs> the, the perfect example of that is the murder at Rue Morgue, which is one of my favorite things ever. Cause it's like, oh, this is this really dark Gothic murder mystery. And the murder was really brutal. And uh, have you read the murder at Rue Morgue? No, no. Um, it Who's is, that by? uh, s- s- spoiler alert for the, 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 um, the uh the end of it i think it's it's our boy isn't it um elon musk yeah it's um no uh edgar Allan poe oh yes it is yes you're um, right uh <laughs> spoiler alert for a story written back in like 1840 here <laughs> everyone um the murderer is an orangutan that escaped from the zoo that's <laughs> that legitimately very edgar Allan Poe. that's legitimately it? it um the yeah. telltale ape 
<laughs> That's what it should have been called. Yeah, quoth the um, orangutan. <laughs> I make a lot of monkey noises all day with my son, so I'm very practiced at those. <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah. Um, I think it's a real talent of mine. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, and, and that's kind of like, that's where I look at, um, at it because, because that kind of became the prototype for what people like Sherlock Holmes and Hercule Poirot became. Um, and it's hilarious and stupid. And it, and it has this big old section at the end where it's like, this is how I solved the mystery. And that's the kind of thing that turns up time and time again in Sherlock Holmes. So, like, until noir maybe i'll give a little bit of a break to agatha christie because and then i was gonna say when was she doing her thing and and then there were nunners is dope um which which when was that when was that published i don't know i've never actually read any of her stuff in print but i've seen many adaptations and the stories are always so solid so you know it's good right yeah okay and then there were numbers 1939 so we'll give agatha christie a pass she just about makes it in because we're i was doing giving us a cut off of 1940 yeah um so yeah we'll, we'll we'll bring it a little bit forward we'll have and then there were none in there which is a possibly the best murder mystery in terms of adaptations um the original book is also very good as well but but um i don't know if you saw the recent bbc adaptation that came out a few years ago i did yeah with um, um our boy poldark yeah Pol- poldark yeah. and 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 jurassic park are in it um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pol- poldark jurassic park and game of thrones are in it it's well good yeah, i was incredibly um, compelled it is. It is really good. That that's the best adaptation I've seen. It was on over a, Christmas, wasn't it? They're always yes, on over Christmas. Yeah. They always do an Agatha Christie over Christmas. Yeah, um, Agatha and, Christmas. Uh, Agatha Christmas is her original name. Um, there was a very hilarious uh, adaptation of it back in, I think it was the seventies or maybe the eighties, um, with Oliver Reed in. Oh. Uh, it is. It is hilarious. They changed the ending um to make it more um uplifting and it's quite bad and and it's interesting because it's an ending that's turned up in multiple adaptations since but um yeah they gave it a more uplifting ending and it doesn't really work at all it's uh it's it's not good but there is no real murder mystery in eurovision sadly um, not and well, it is hilarious that like the finance minister gets murdered and nobody cares well, there's only like one scene where all the like Icelandic Parliament people are sitting around at their Eurovision watching party, and they go, "Hey, where is he?" I don't know, and that's it. That <laughs> that's that really was good. I also really liked how the ghost of the one that they wanted to win turned up late to say the finance minister's trying to kill. Yeah, me. <laughs> like that was that was again. There's moments like that where you got the sense that they really knew what story tropes they were playing with. And they knew how to make them funny in that way. But there's other times, like with the whole romantic element, where it just felt like that it was being churned out and it felt very tired. Yeah, um, it did. And I, and I just wish maybe if it had been through maybe another edit or two of the script to really wean it down, get it down to that hour and a half length, I think we could have had a real classic on our hands here. Yeah, for um, sure. But as it stands, I did, I did really enjoy it. Um, and I like the fact that in a movie about Eurovision, they brought up the politics of LGBT people in Russia. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I did not expect there to be a big social commentary message in this movie. Um, so no gay kudos, people in Russia. Yeah. Kudos to them for that. I think that was really good and very, very prescient to, to bring yeah. it up. But then, um, when, yeah, because it, it starts as a joke where he's all being like, oh, yeah, there's no gay people in Russia. But then it's sort of alluded to that, like, he wishes he could be out. And then there's like a little tender moment between him and the um, the Greek lady. That was actually quite yes, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where Which also, like, as you say, make him a very sympathetic character rather than just this kind of pure villain. Yeah, because he's, he's not a villain. And I think... Um, he's a lion. He, he's a lion. You can't you, you can't call a lion a villain. As they just do what they do. Um, but yeah, but all yeah, he's looking to do is the Lion King taught us is... that, right? <laughs> exactly, the circle of lions. That's the yeah. famous song, right? <laughs> um, but because because yeah, all he wants to do is is find success for himself, but also success for her. Like he do, he's not he's not deliberately trying to jeopardize them for to screw them both over like he he wants her to be successful with him um yeah. and at the end he's like i'm happy for them how could i not be um which is which is really sweet and yeah it, there's that whole thing about him saying like oh mother russia doesn't agree and and they go off to greece together 
Um, fun fact for you, the, the Greek entry um, is played by uh, Melisanthi Mahut, who is the lead voice actor in the most recent Assassin's Creed game. Ah, all um, right. Playing Cassandra, who is Greek. It's all set in ancient Greece. It's very, very good. It's um, always good when video games and film cross over in that way. Yes, yeah. Um, like, like how uh, the, what's the name from Wills and Kate, the movie? <laughs> that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Tomb Raider. Raider. Yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly enough, the, the previous voice of Tomb Raider before her was Keely Hawes. Oh. Um, who obviously did a fantastic job because she is fantastic. What did she um, do wrong to get, to not get the gig? I guess sometimes you just got to refresh it. Haven't you? Yeah, I think that was, they, they gave it a whole reboot. And so I imagine that they wanted a new voice actor as well. Um, we should really watch. Um, we could do a big old special on on Bodyguard, couldn't we? Because that's that's got romance in it. Did you did you watch Bodyguard? No, I didn't. You don't mean it, the Bodyguard. I do not know, mean the Bodyguard. It's it's a thriller about um, this uh, person who's the bodyguard of a MP. Um, uh-huh. And there's there's romance in it. There's there's danger in it. It's very good. It's got um, our boy uh, Richard Madden in it. Um, who was the prince in Cinderella? Oh yes, um, that's right. Who's who's very good? It's a very which, good Cinderella, show. which was boring. <laughs> yes, Cinderella, which was boring, but he's very good. <laughs> which was not as good as Beauty and the Beast. It's much better than Beauty and the Beast because <laughs> it had people that can sing in it. Um, and you leave Luke Evans alone. <laughs> Luke you leave Evans... Josh Gad playing the same character he plays in every film alone. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to see Olaf again and again and again. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, just just this Gad. Will all I, make sense when I am not French. <laughs> I've I've got time. I've got time for Josh Gad. He's good. No, and me Luke too. Evans, me too. Luke Evans is Luke Evans is really good. That's the one good bit about that movie. And Dan Stevens deserves to be in a better film than that, um, which he is with Eurovision because this is much more entertaining <laughs> than that piece of shit Beauty and the Beast film. Did we actually even do an episode about that film? No, or is it's this just or is so this just the um? Is this just a thing that keeps coming up? <laughs> it just it keeps coming up because you like it because you're wrong. <laughs> uh, no, it's because we did the Cinderella film. And it was so long and so dull and just. What like, you mean, like Beauty and the Beast, which is longer and duller and has people that can't sing in it? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's good when people can't sing, <sighs> but not if they auto tune. Like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> like, can you imagine if they auto tune? Luke Evans was not auto tuned. You take that back right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what's her face was? Um, Emma Watson, yeah, yeah. Hermione was also tuned, and it was awful. Um, yeah, that film can get to fuck. Live action Disney remakes in general. No yeah, interest. maybe we should just do one episode about all of them. Yeah, <laughs> including the new, the new Lady and the Tramp, which looks extremely creepy. It looks incredibly creepy. Um, yeah. Also, it's not but live hopefully action. Hopefully, they got rid of the racist Siamese cat song. But <laughs> I who hope knows? <laughs> I hope it's nothing but the racist Siamese cat song. For an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, an hour and a half of it just slowed down. Just a really slow version of it that lasts an hour and a half. That's and then you get doing. five minutes of an old Italian chef trying to get two dogs to make out in an hour <laughs> afterwards. It's <laughs> just Richard Dawkins watching in the background. <laughs> Come on, do it. Do it. Yeah. Come on, you dogs. I invented memes. <laughs> I am the meme king. That's that's his title. It's no longer professor. It's meme king. Meme king. Yeah, we put that on his books. Yeah, put that on on his his next bestseller. Yeah, rehashing my argument once again. Delusion. (laughs) Ha ha. Religion as well. Stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Richard Dawkins. Yeah. Why do people believe this shit? I don't know, but it sells my books, lol. (laughs) You just summed up his his career for the last 15 years. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Well, maybe we do need to do an episode about that, about Beauty and the Beast then, just to really get into it. Just because I know uh, you'll really enjoy it. I mean, we've really talked about it a lot already. That's my only thing. Yeah, Um, maybe if we do a supercut of all of the times we've talked about it, that'll actually add up to the length of a regular episode. It's basically just me saying how much I fucking hate it over and over again. Um, Yeah, uh, maybe. I just want to make you watch it again. Maybe we can do it. I mean, I probably won't bother watching it again just to spite you. I didn't watch. (laughs) You have to watch the film if we're going to discuss the film. This is what I thought of it last time. Um, just I can't believe you. you'd consider not watching the film. I would sabotage our podcast. Are you not a true professional? No, a professional broadcaster, <laughs> professional shit poster is what I am. 
Yeah. Um, shit casting. That's what <laughs> we do. That's what we do. Shit casting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are the creators of the shit piece. Yeah. You can yeah. also be inventors of the shit cast. Yep. Um, shit piece, shit cast. <laughs> hotel, um, motel, holiday inn. So, can I point out that the songs in Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, are all jams? Yeah. Like, even their slow song at the end is a proper jam and a half as far as slow songs go. It's good. Um, None of them would be out of place on the actual Eurovision thing. And they obviously put way more effort into the songs than into anything else, which is as you'd expect, because this film would be, the film would be abominable if the songs didn't work. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It it really, they got to the, the core of what Eurovision is and, you know, kudos to them for that. I think that's great. I just wish, I just wish it was a little bit tighter. If it was a little bit tighter, it would be, a, a, a regular rewatch but now as it stands i'd maybe rewatch it before eurovision song contest next year you know maybe i'll do that but um i wouldn't bother it's not um it's not sort of a uh a, 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 a constant for me no i mean i i don't think i would i would have occasion to watch it again but there were, there were things about it that i enjoyed yes yeah um, I really, I, I did enjoy that they got like Conchita Verst back in and everything. Like yeah, that. It, yeah. It was, it was excessive. It was indulgent, but that's what Eurovision is. It, it's indulgence. And yeah. there's something nice about that. Um, I had a um, a note here. A Scottish audience would cheer for that performance. And I can't remember which performance that was referring to. It was, it was probably. And probably the, and the one was, where the wheel fell off. Yeah. Uh, Euro, Eurovision audiences would cheer for anything. Like, it, Eurovision is one of the most supportive and positive communities around, and they would cheer and be happy whatever was put on stage. Um, Pierce so, Brosnan could have got up there and just gone, "Why the hell didn't you tell me?" Over like a very very bad loop, <laughs> apple loop drum beat, and they would beats. love it. They would eat it up. Yeah, they would. They'd love it. Yeah, you know, this. It's a he's a he's a proper bear, and I love him. Is is what they do, which is a great. papa bear. Yeah, the pa- Papa Bear Brosnan, which be what he goes on stage uh, with his stage name. Yeah, um, I knew that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, and, and so that that broke the, yeah, that 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 broke the immersion a little bit because everyone knows that Eurovision fans clap for everything and cheer for everything. Yeah, um, that was like what you're uh, trying to say. That Scottish people can't clap. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Scottish people also love giant wheels going awry. Yeah, but the one thing they do hate is Iceland. <laughs> I hate Iceland. Uh, thank you for reminding me that that exists. <laughs> yes, if you're not aware of this, this is like eight years ago. You remember when that volcano erupted and there weren't any flights because of all the ash clouds? There was an incredible news report from, I think it was it Glasgow? Yeah, it's Edinburgh, Glasgow, isn't it? Glasgow Airport and the <laughs> guys like just walking around the airport going hey there's no flights here today and then he's interviewing some couple about their flight being cancelled and a drunk dude comes up and goes i hate iceland in the camera and then he says it again like more like weekly before he is shuffled off (laughs) it's beautiful one of the most beautiful moments of scottish culture in the mainstream um so apparently will ferrell is a huge fan of eurovision yes Um, i read starting in 1999 yeah, the context of this film, I think, is actually important. And, you know, he, you can tell that it's actually a passion project of his because he didn't just star in it. He wrote it as well. Did yes, he co-wrote that's right. it? he co-wrote it. And it seems like it was basically his idea. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, which is uh, which is great, you know. Um, yeah, like he's been a he's been a fan of it since 1999. His, his wife is Swedish. Mm-hmm. um and and as a fan so it's this really long passion of his um he's attended it a couple of times as well um which which is great and apparently in in 2018 he was uh att- he attended as part of the swedish delegation um and right. was able to uh to review it in terms of rehearsals and everything like that which is great um really he also cool. i think sings all his own stuff in this which isn't every not everybody does that. I think that's a rarity. No. Um, you can, I, and, you know, you can tell. But yes, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, yeah. So so Dan Stevens is dubbed, uh, Melisanthi Mahut's dubbed, and Rachel McAdams is dubbed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I do love that Will Ferrell is singing his own stuff. It's great. 
Yeah. He can do it all. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's by his um, his production company, Gary Sanchez Productions, which apparently is named after a, a fictional character that he and his co-producer made up. But funny enough, that's actually the name of one of the players on the New York Yankees. So oh, really? not so funny anymore, is it, Will Ferrell? The thing is even funnier. He's a catcher, Gary Sanchez. Is He's he very a, good. Is he a catcher in the rye? Ooh. Yep. That's a reference to something that has no correlation to what we're talking about. <laughs> a book. Books are yeah. for nerds, man. How dare you mention books? <laughs> Hashtag books are for nerds. <laughs> mention books on a Make film it show. trending. Who are Make you? it trending if you agree. Hashtag books are for nerds. This isn't Eurovision the book. No, exactly. I'd I'd read Eurovision the book if books weren't for nerds. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are. So we can't ever um, touch a book. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so so I've got a little bit of trivia for you here. All right. Um, Piers Brosnan is only 13 years older than Will Ferrell. There you go. Um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, the, the mask rocked band Moonfang, uh, portrayed by a ska punk band called Bogus Gasman. Oh, w- um, much worse name. Which is a worse name than Moonfang. That's Moonfang. a terrible name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love the band. Uh, I, I love the name Moonfang. Yeah, um, I'd listen to that. Um, obviously, this was meant to coincide with the release of, um, with the event of um, the 2020 Eurovision Song Contest, but that got that got cancelled or well changed into that kind of online thing. Um, so they pushed this back a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Which is uh, which is which is good. It's it's fine. You know, it would have been nice if it had coincided with it. Um, maybe we could have got them to perform at the Eurovision Song Contest during the halftime show thing when they're counting the votes. Um, that uh, that would have been good. Um, but but never mind. Um, so although it's set in Edinburgh, actually the contest is filmed in the Hydro Arena in Glasgow. Right. Um, <laughs> So they so they, they had up. to do a whole scene driving through Edinburgh to get to Glasgow. <laughs> to get to that's Glasgow. why that scene was so long. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I'm driving down lots of very empty streets in Edinburgh that look very pedestrianised. <laughs> yes. Um, which yeah, I, I I love Edinburgh as a city. Um, yeah, it's very nice. Really nice to walk around. Um, and I and don't the know- hotel that they stayed in. I think that may actually have been the actual hotel I stayed in when I went up for the Edinburgh Fringe one time. Friend oh. of the podcast, Adam Molesky, will need to watch the show and tell me the film, and then tell me. But it looked exactly the same. Oh well, there we go. That would have been uh, that. That would be nice. Um, and and finally, uh, they should be in their early fifties, based on the flashback scene, because the flashback takes place in nineteen seventy four. Right, um, and I think that would have actually been really nice if it had been these two like middle aged people doing it instead. I think that would have been really really good. But, yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, um, so so yeah, so that's a little bit of a uh, little bit of trivia for you on this movie. So uh, unless you've got anything else to share, shall we move on to rating? Yes, let's do it. So, how many points out of twenty would you give Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga? Ah, our twelve points go to. <laughs> no, maybe I, I I wouldn't give it twelve. I'll give it I'll give it eight because you have to give it eight, ten, or twelve as per the Eurovision. <laughs> Eurovision ranking system. <laughs> so I'll give it my eight points, and then I'll give my I'll give my ten points to Beauty and the Beast, and then I'll give my twelve points to Holmes and Watson, which I haven't even seen. <laughs> so you're only doing an eight. That is very <laughs> yeah. very harsh. Um, I'm going to boost mine by an extra point then because it deserves better. So I'm giving it a fifteen. So All right. I was going to give it a thirteen um, because I enjoyed it, but it's not a classic. But yeah, since you're being so mean, I'll be nice. This is all. You know, I'll, a- I'll bump it up to a ten. Purely for the Old Town Road reference. <laughs> there we go. There we go. As you know, I love that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm doing the Eastern European voting block here, and I'm boosting. Yeah. I'm boosting the trash <laughs> that I love. They did make a reference to that, which was good. They did. You know, it's, it's again it's a sign that they understand and love Eurovision. Um, so, so yeah. So that's that's good. That's good. All right. What are we watching next? So we're watching another Netflix original. 
um which we've been pretty pretty high on those of late we have they've been they've been churning out the romance of late so we're going to be watching desperados Ah, Uh, have uh, you seen the trailers for this i'm not aware of this um it looks very 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 dumb and i'm very excited about it it is new yep um i won't well you'll see the trailer it will come up in your netflix um but uh, it looks kind of like a girl's version of road trip okay if you remember the movie road trip not as much as I remember Euro Trip, which I know I'm always talking about. <laughs> you are always talking about Euro Trip. <laughs> I must be the only person on earth who remembers that. I have not seen Euro Trip. It looked so bad that even I was like, you know what? I'm not it's touching this. So I'm bad. Touching this. this we looks... need to watch that at some point. <laughs> like, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, this looks worse than Road Trip, and Road Trip is not a good movie. <laughs> Um, okay no this this looks cool i'm done with this yeah i'm i'm excited about it i think it's going to be fun for all the family um yeah yeah let's 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 do it excellent yeah let's just 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 keep the fun coming for sure for sure i hate iceland i hate iceland i can't do the accent (laughs) (laughs) oh dear all right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really appreciate it, and we hope you enjoyed the uh, the Eurovision movie. I'm just, I just keep calling it the Eurovision movie, or the Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. Although I like, I like that as a title because it's like, is it the story of Fire Saga or is it the story of Fire Saga? Which one is it? It's the story of Fire Saga because the band's called Fire Saga. Sorry. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a point about it. I'm not allowing you to make this point. You've been far too positive <laughs> no. about Beauty and the Beast. Nil point. Nil point. Nil point. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, enjoy Eurovision, celebrate Eurovision. The one person who should have been in it was the um, the sexy sax man. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah Epic sax shame. guy, that's Ep- the one. Uh, yeah, he should have been in it. That's a shame, Epic sax guy should have been in this. Yeah. Um, he should have been in the background in the scene. Maybe he was and I just missed him. Um, no, nah, he wasn't. I'd have, I'd have known. I'd yeah, have seen yeah. him. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll post the link to that in the show notes. It's Moldova's entry from a few years ago. It's you probably, you'll have seen you'll have seen the meme, but have you seen the YouTube clip of it for ten hours? <laughs> and have you watched it all the way to the end? Yeah, because I have. I'm going to go and watch that right now. <laughs> Get on it. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really appreciate it, and we hope that what we do and all these. Netflix originals are, you know, helping to keep you sane and healthy, uh, whatever state of lockdown you and your country is in. You know, we're still, you know, things might have changed a little bit, but we're still in strange times. And we hope you're all staying safe and healthy and good and enjoying ship pieces. Yeah. Get on board the ship piece train, everybody. Choo choo. (laughs) Get down with the ship piece. (laughs) Mother, get up, gonna get down with the shit piece. <laughs> and listen to our other show, Poddest. There's a yeah. new episode coming soon about Disturbed, which I'm editing right now. Oh, cannot. It may be. actually be out by the time this episode comes out. So it's gonna be yes. an epic. It's gonna be a classic, absolute yeah. classic. And if you like what we do, you can um, support us by giving us money. There's a link in our show notes. Um, it's not about like signing up to be a patron or anything like that. It's just uh, if you think we're good, it's it's like leaving a tip. You know, tip your waiter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tip the boys who bring you your platter of hot nonsense. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. <laughs> All right. And we'll be back next week to talk about Desperados. All righty. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Tell one. No, I, I hate Iceland. I hate Iceland. <laughs>